Hey gang, this episode was recorded before, kind of during, Taylor Swift dropping the track list for the newest album, The Tortured Poets Department. So we're going to say some stuff at the beginning of the episode that is quickly going to be outdated, so just giving you a heads up, let's go ahead and jump into it. Wednesday and welcome back to Tay Learning. My name is Danny and my name is Olivia. We are your co-hosts and this is a state, state of, of Swift. Swift. But honestly, a lot more like this is a state, state of, of shock. shock. <laughs> We're not okay. We're not okay, y'all. I know that you're not okay either. So much has happened. And I just want to say, the last time Olivia and I recorded was almost two weeks ago. Because me mm-hmm. and Danny, I was at an event for my day job. Don't worry, guys. Things went great at the event. But because <laughs> we recorded before I left for my event, so much has happened. And we just, what, weren't on hot mics to talk about it? No. And so much has happened. We need to cover Danny back to the Chiefs' last win. Or I guess... This is coming out before the Super Bowl, right? Yes, the Chiefs' last win to now. Also, also nice Kansas City Chiefs shirt wearing right now, Olivia. Thank you, represent. Very stylish. Wow. (laughs) Worth noting that Olivia has also been a Chiefs fan for years, pre-Swelsey, but... Thank you. Just throwing that out. Yeah, because for those of you who haven't listened, like, all the way back to the beginning of the podcast, which don't blame you if you don't, whatever, it is what it is. But I used to live in Kansas City. That's how Danny and I met. She lives in Kansas City now. I'm from Michigan, moved back to Michigan, but I took the Chiefs love back home with me. Yes, she did. And I was telling her, so I've been a Chiefs fan my entire life. Since before I could conceptualize football, really, I was a Chiefs fan. Obviously, I'm from, like, an hour away from Kansas City. But I kind of brought her into the world of the Chiefs, and then she took that love back home and in Kansas City right now (laughs) I've actually heard conversations of people say you only like Taylor Swift because she's dating Travis Kelsey and everywhere else it's you only like the Chiefs because (laughs) Travis Kelsey is dating Taylor Swift like it's just so weird how opposite it is here in Kansas City specifically versus everyone else literally It's a great time to be a Kansas City Swifty. I'll tell you all that much. I don't know what's going to happen on Sunday. To quote a great TikTok, I don't know what's going to happen on any given Sunday. Anything can happen. But for right now, the vibes are immaculate. And they're even more immaculate given Taylor's role with the Chiefs. Yeah, and if the Kansas City Chiefs end up going to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl, then they're truly both on the top of their game because the other piping hot kettle of tea we have to spill is all about the Grammys, which happened last night as of the time of us recording. So Taylor Swift breaks ground at the Grammys. Mm -hmm. And what, Travis Kelsey wins another soupy? I don't know if that's going to happen. I feel like I need to knock on wood and I'm going to jinx it. I spent (laughs) way too much money for a table at a bar for us to lose this game. But all of this to say, if he wins, they are truly, truly America's royal couple, indisputably. The absolute definition of a power couple. (laughs) All right. As always, before we get into the bulk of the episode, we do have housekeeping items. Number one, first and foremost, make sure that you rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to it. If you are able to leave a review, please do so. I know you can definitely do it on Apple Podcasts. And if you do leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts, it may end up on our website, Taylor Learning Podcast, right on the homepage. 
Also, as with every single episode of Tay Learning, in the description of this episode, there will be a link to a Spotify playlist. Right now, it's just on Spotify. Sorry, guys, it takes time to build. So Spotify is what we've chosen as our vessel for our playlist. But those playlists have all of the songs that we mention on the podcast. So if you're not familiar with the song, we name one by another artist, you're new to Swiftyism, and you don't quite know all of our songs yet, go to the description and click on that playlist and jam out before maybe during, I guess, and after the episode. And last but not least, let's hear from our sponsor. And we're back, and we have so much to talk about. And we were debating before we hopped on mics if we wanted to do it in chronological or reverse chronological, and we think that the best way to do this is chronological. I cannot tell you how many people have commented or messaged and been like, can't wait to hear all about this in next week's episode regarding the Chiefs game. And, you know, I feel really bad because we have to acknowledge that this episode was supposed to be remaining relevant, castles crumbling, Mm -hmm. and then a bunch of stuff happened. So I'm sorry, remaining relevant. You're not going to remain relevant this week. <laughs> I can feel my castles crumbling down. <laughs> uh, it's not your fault, castles crumbling. It's just we had some tea and people were begging us to talk about the Chiefs game, which I get. And people were begging us to talk about the Grammys, which I get. Mm-hmm. Begging's not the right word. Y'all aren't beggars. But I'm begging I- us. I'm begging us. <laughs> Same. Somebody commented and said, like, I literally cannot wait for an episode about this. And I'm like, girl, me neither. Say less. Say <laughs> less. We're, we're sad. <laughs> so let's talk about the Chiefs game. I want to know exactly where I want to begin with this. So I will tell a little bit about my tale for those of you who care about watching this. I was on site at my event and I'm in a super office of like a hundred people who are working on this event. And being a Chiefs fan was in the minority in there. And the Chiefs kind of the villains of the NFL right now. And that's mm-hmm. okay. I say on our TikTok that losers hate winners and the Chiefs are winners and Taylor Swift's a winner. So things are kind of spicy right now for both of those people or organizations rather. It was a great game to watch. Less fun to watch when I was trying to stifle my excitement around all Mm -hmm. of these people whose teams had already been knocked out. But what was the hardest to focus on my job was right after the game ended, Taylor Swift found her way down to the field, which is not abnormal for a wag, a wife and girlfriend. That's not abnormal. But those cameras were fixated on the world's most popular person. Yeah, you know that the photographers and the journalists, reporters, everyone on the field ready to photograph and interview the Chiefs players were really waiting for Taylor's appearance. And they were ready. And thank God. They were ready for it, you might say. Wow, wow, wow. And I want to point something out that I saw, and this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit to the Grammys, but when we compare the way she was on the field at the Chiefs game to how she walked into the Grammys, which is her arena, that's mm-hmm. her football team. Her stadium. Exactly. <laughs> she was so shy when she was on the field. She very clearly did not want to take away any of the attention from Travis, but it's just naturally going to happen because of who she is. Versus when she was walking into the Grammys, Trevor Noah's talking about her and saying the, oh, you mentioned her name and she's summoned. And she's walking with like that Jessica Rapp weight in each hip as she walks like so confident and this is important because I feel like Taylor is getting a lot of unjustified criticism right now about being at the games and all of the attentions on her and I'm like yeah that's not her fault when she wants attention when she demands attention you can tell literally and there are times at the Chiefs games where 
the big screen camera's on her and you can tell she's uncomfortable with how long it's lingering. Like she waved, blew a kiss, said, hey. And then she like would turn to like continue her conversation to the people next to her, but it still stayed on her. And you can literally see her say, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, she's not impressed by the additional press, if you will. And I understand that level of frustration as best as I can, because there are moments when she very much wants to be the center of attention and when she's not ready to be. And again, I'm jumping ahead, but there's a moment at the Grammys we'll talk about soon where she was not ready to be the center of attention when she doesn't want to be. It's very clear she does not want to be, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. So for those of you who don't know what's going on with American football, it's not your thing. The Kansas City Chiefs won the AFC championship, and that means that they are going to the final game, the big Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. There's the other side of it the nfc and then there's the afc so they made that semi-final game and they won and the teams go on the field to celebrate and they bring down family and friends so that meant that taylor swift went down with travis's family because at this point and we hear this on new heights another podcast that comes out also on wednesdays that you guys have nicknamed tay lights or tay heights i've heard both <laughs> so shout out to jason and travis kelsey they've called her family so she ended up on the field as family and she and Travis have a very intimate moment that is prolonged and happens well they're surrounded by cameras and people and excitement and Travis just played this immaculate game he just broke a record he just passed Jerry Rice he is the man and he takes the time to communicate with her and say very sweet things that are caught on camera and mic'd up you can hear mm. what he has to say. I know. He called her sweetie. He did. And it's very hard to make out the language directly, but it really does seem like there's a point when she's pointing out where they were seated that he says, I love you so much, it's not even funny. Mm -hmm. That's what it sounds like. That's, That's crazy. Sure. And we haven't really unpacked this very much, not just on the podcast, but in general as Swifties, and maybe we never really will. We've never seen her say, I love you to someone, not romantically. Ever. And not like directly to like she said of Joe while winning awards. I love you so much. But like it's not to him because he wasn't there. <laughs> exactly. Like it's just it's a little bit different because we see this intimate moment where he says, I love you. I love you so much. It's not even funny or whatever he said. And she says, I love you, too. And he goes to kiss her on the forehead and she looks up and they kiss on the lips. And it would have been such a sweet moment. But she's just so tall and he's just so tall. So she went in for the mouth kiss. And I just was like kicking my feet, Olivia, at the way they were looking at one another. Literally. That's iconic. Yeah, I have all the pictures up in front of me and they're just so cute, so smiley, so lovey-dovey. And I remember there was a point where she said too, I've never been more proud of someone ever. Wow. What a sweet sentiment. I think about this all of the time. Sometimes when I don't know what to say to people that I care about, I fumble over my words or I even turn to like TikTok or Tumblr for the right way to express the emotion that I'm feeling. Oftentimes it's Taylor Swift songs. Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift has just got that brain. So the phrase, I've never been so proud of anybody ever has absolutely been said before, but it's such a poetic, different way of saying the phrase, I love you so much. Yeah. And the way that she just like let him have the spotlight. There was one moment where they were walking and came up to Jason, Travis's older brother, and they started to have a moment hugging and Taylor literally was watching them from the side and backed away to make sure that the spotlight was on them. She very much made herself small in this situation and not like 
she's a woman. She needs to sit on the sideline and like whatever. She made sure that the Chiefs who won this game, this big monumental game, were getting their moment and it wasn't the Taylor Swift circus. Exactly. But one of my favorite parts about that very moment is while she pulled away, Travis's hand did not leave her. Like he went in for that hug and it was bam, hand on Taylor. He did not want her to walk away. He was on the hunt for her too. When he was going through the crowd, it was like, make way guys, make a path, make a path to go find her. His focus was her after literally beating out Jerry Rice for postseason catches. Mm-hmm. which was huge. That record is insane. And he did it in eight fewer games, by the way. He is at the peak, at the peak right now. He's that guy. And he was looking for her. You know, they had their moment and he was like, okay, I need to go to the guys. He literally says, hey, Tay, I'm going to go celebrate with the guys before just ditching her. You know, the bar is in hell oftentimes <laughs> for men. <laughs> I know. I know. I knew knew you were going to laugh immediately. Um, Respectfully, 85% of our listenership is female. So sorry to our 15% or so that are men. But the bar is in hell, right, about what the expectations from men are when it comes to communicating. And that's not totally your fault, guys. That's there. There's a societal full structure that has been around longer than any of us have been alive. Yeah. we're not directly sociologists, so we can't truly unpack that. I don't know, though. Olivia did get a sociology-based degree, so she could comment on it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's not totally your fault that that's the system that has been set up in this way. But the bar is in hell. So now that I've said that four times, the way that it was such a simple moment of communicating, of him saying, I'm going to go celebrate with the guys, that seems like such a small moment. But from what we know about Taylor Swift. And this is what we know with confidence. We're not her friend. We don't know really anything with 100% accuracy. But a safe assumption we can make is that Taylor wants to be cared about. And communication is a key component in caring. Mm -hmm. He did something that seems so small. But in the moment where all eyes are on him, it's record-breaking. Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl. They could win it two years in a row after their down year, by the way. (laughs) He made a moment to just communicate, I'm going to go celebrate with the guys and give her a big old kiss on the lips. And even if this moment isn't like special, I guess, in comparison to like Taylor's past relationships, because clearly none of us were there (laughs) and heard (laughs) things that were said or weren't said, you know? Yeah. But I think this moment is so special because we did get that glimpse. We did get to see this relationship play out in real time instead of just hearing Taylor's commentary about it. Exactly. And that is something that I think is so special from a fan perspective is watching a future song be written in the moment. Mm -hmm. I don't know if a song will actually come out of this, but that felt like a real shift. It felt like a real shift in the paradigm of how Taylor Swift's relationships have traditionally played out. And we thought for a very long time that what Taylor wanted, what Taylor craved, was privacy when it came to her relationships. And I'm certain that to an extent, that's true. However, and this isn't a drag on Joe Alwyn, it's just a comment. However, I think that Taylor is more comfortable with the eyes on her than I think she thought she was. Yeah, I think that she got burned by super publicized, scrutinized relationships and then like like a, a knee-jerk reaction needed to do the complete opposite to at least try it. And I don't I think she found that that wasn't it. Mm-hmm. 
And we cannot wait to unpack the Joe Alwyn relationship at some point with with more detail that she's going to disclose in her songs. We're certain that that's coming, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But to me, it seems like finding that happy balance is so important. When she sings our secret moments in a crowded room, they got no idea about me and you. For me, I always heard that as a, oh, she wants to keep it private. But that's not, I think, what it really has come to be. It's that she can whisper in his ear while there's a million cameras on them. Mm -hmm. And no one can hear what she says. But whatever it was, it made him blush. And I think she likes that. I think she likes the healthy balance of exposure and mystery. Absolutely. And on top of that, Kansas City does such a good job at protecting our girls' privacy. We know for a fact her and Travis go out to dinner casually, and it doesn't even make Swifty news. It doesn't. Swifty fandom online doesn't know when she goes to certain restaurants that Danny and I have been to before, but we hear through the grapevine because, like, we have Kansas City connections. That makes me want to throw up, by the way. Like, she she went to dinner, and this one came out later, so I feel more comfortable saying it, but she went to dinner at a place called Rye, great restaurant in Kansas City. She went there with some girls, uh, some of her gal pals, and that was where my first big girl job took me for a celebratory dinner after my first ever Mm -hmm. shift. What the fuck? Like, I can't wrap my head around that. I had a nice steak dinner with wine five years ago in the same restaurant that Taylor Swift casually went to. And I've heard stories directly, and so have you, Olivia, of people that Mm -hmm. we personally know being seated in a restaurant with Taylor. And here is something that I was told, a firsthand anecdote um, from somebody that I know who is sitting near her. The way he described it was that the air left the room. And nobody wanted to be the first person to crack the glass and say something to Taylor and Travis. So no one said anything. But you could feel that everyone wanted to, but nobody wanted to violate her space. And on the other hand, I have also heard that she kind of was looking around like, is anyone going to say anything? Almost hopeful. She's a New York City girly. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it would have bothered her. Kind of what I've gotten from these firsthand stories. I haven't been so lucky to have her seated near me in a restaurant yet. But yet, (laughs) the chances are low, but never zero, especially now. I've heard stories of she's looking around, like, is anyone going to say hi? And kind of hoping someone would say hi, but no one wants to be the first person to do it. Kansas Cityans respect Taylor Swift's privacy so well. So well. We hear of places and people she interacts with that no one online ever hears about. I was tipped off a couple months ago about her going to a venue and I, you know, got somebody who's telling me, hey, I know the tea, they're going to this place, but I figured you should know because of Tay Learning. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do with that info? I'm not going to blast where they're going. Yeah. But it was protected. That, where they went, never got out into the news. No No one ever knew about the place that they went. I knew because I have connections because I'm a service industry person in Kansas City, but I wasn't going to spread that tea. Why? Exactly. And that's kind of how everyone feels. If you want Taylor and Travis to keep showing up at your place and have them tipping outrageously, which rumor has it they do, you don't have people come bang down the door to say hi to her. She won't go back. Yep. So yeah, moral of the story, I love Taylor's Kansas City era. So here for it. What a crossover. No kidding. Olivia, how lucky are we that she's dating somebody on our football team? Literally, I would have had to like become a fan of a whole new team. Oh, no, I wouldn't have let that happen. (laughs) I don't know. The Lions are pulling on my heartstrings. Look, Look, I'm from Michigan. The Lions never were a sentimental team for me. I never really cared. Traditionally, the Lions garbage team. 
Uh, it was shocking if they were ever in the lead and then you still didn't trust it because they always like managed to quite literally fumble it like second half always that was the team they were they haven't won a single game in seasons before it's just the joke is the lions are bad and then i found out jared goff the quarterback for the lions his favorite taylor swift song getaway car his second favorite taylor swift song the one his third favorite taylor swift song all too well 10 minute and like no hesitation boom 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 Okay, yeah, if Taylor Swift was dating Jared Goff or a player on a team that I had fondness for, sure, I would like that team, but they would never overtake the Chiefs for me. And I understand if you're listening to this, the statistical probability of you being a Chiefs fan organically is pretty low. I know that. I'm really sorry if she's not dating a player on your team, but I feel very very fortunate. And I also want to make a note, again, this isn't a football podcast, but since so many of you, I know you do, listen to New Heights and also Tay Learning on Wednesdays, I'm going to touch on football real quick. The Chiefs were bad. They were so Mm -hmm. bad when I was growing up. They were laughably bad. They were handing out tickets in grocery stores bad. It was obnoxious. But I stayed there. I had my Chiefs blanket. I had my jerseys. I had my Chiefs memorabilia. I stayed there. Dust collected collected on my pinned up hair. I was there through it all. And then in 2017, the Chiefs made an arguably controversial decision, and I'll get into why it's controversial here in a second, made a controversial decision to give up a bunch of picks to guarantee that they would draft a legacy quarterback, Patrick freaking Mahomes. And the reason it was controversial was because they gave up so much to the Bills. They gave up their first round pick and another round pick and the pick the next year. There's a lot of nuances, but they gave up a lot of choice options banking on this kid from Texas being their God. And let me tell you what, who's your God now? Because he delivered. He is the guy he's the son of sam he is the best quarterback probably of all time and when he wins this next super bowl i'm getting so passionate when he wins this next super bowl i hope this ages well he will show that yeah tom brady was really really good pat mahomes is better and that's just the way it is i'm sorry it's just the way it is so all of this to say taylor is dating somebody who happens to be not only on a great team but my favorite team, and it is the best crossover episode of my life. That's, wow. Who Sports? How can you not get emotional about sports? Oh. I hope you guys listening realize how lucky you are that you stumbled upon our podcast because we have Danny here who's going to give you the in-depth, knowledgeable tea about the Chiefs and our girl Taylor. Oh, God. And I'm not like... I'm not a, a god when it comes to fo- all things football. I'm not. But, but you I have can't... that long-term passion. I've got that long-term passion. I watched Pat Mahomes play with Texas Tech against K-State when I was in college. Like, I am I am in it. I am in it. I am so in it that it's embarrassing. And this is a great time to be a Chiefs fan and a Taylor Swift fan. And if you're new to being a Chiefs fan because of Taylor Swift, welcome. Chiefs Kingdom is a lot of fun. We wear red on Fridays. And I want to add, if you became a Chiefs fan because of Taylor Swift, you are a valid football fan. If you learned football and found that you really enjoy watching it and Taylor Swift is what introduced you, you're a football fan. Don't let these toxic ass people out there try to be like, "Mm, you only like the Chiefs because of Taylor Swift. Fuck them. You like football. It doesn't matter how you were introduced to it. Exactly. Exactly. Girls make football better. They always have. Mm -hmm. Always will. 
and football's fun. And Taylor Swift talking about football, like, wow, I've been missing out on so much. Yeah. It's not your fault you've been missing out on so much. It's traditionally hyper-masculine and can be really toxic Mm -hmm. for women to break into. But by God, is it fun when you're in it. Yep. And we just need to get all of our healthier people in on the fandom to make it a better place. Exactly. And I'm just going to say, if you're in Kansas City, it really is so much fun here right now in the Power and Light District. You know, Travis and Taylor are out there kissing and having this incredibly public reaction. And everyone's partying in the central area out in the Power and Light District. And the music remixes to blank space and everyone's throwing down. And Mm -hmm. I feel like there's kind of a general consensus. I've even heard from people of like, I don't like Taylor Swift, but yeah, like 22 rocks. I don't like Taylor Swift, but yeah, Blank Space is a banger. And I I get it. I get wanting to maintain that charade of, oh, I don't like Taylor Swift. But at the end of the day, there are songs that everyone agrees are bangers. And when you're and- drunk at a bar, you can't resist belting out the lyrics that you do have memorized because you do have them all memorized. Mm-hmm. That's okay. You can keep up your charade about not liking Taylor Swift, but I know damn well when it's your 22nd birthday, what are you listening to in the club? I know that when Shake It Off comes on, you're going to be shaking it off. Mm-hmm. Wow, this was a very passionate and all over the place football conversation, but bringing <laughs> it back to their interactions, I cannot believe that we got to witness that firsthand. I cannot believe how okay they are with being seen so publicly, and I love this for them. I love that Taylor Swift and the Chiefs coach Andy Reid pointed at one another. That was so sweet. I love that she's a part of it, and she somebody said to her, was it Travis's dad that said, you've been with us the whole time? Like, she's in. And something else that I really love is that, yeah, she's Taylor Swift, and everyone treats her like she's Taylor Swift. But at that same time, they treat her like she's a person, Taylor Swift, not celebrity icon Taylor Swift. So she can walk around this field and be a normal person to a degree. I bet that feels real good. So. The week moves along <laughs> to, to the following Sunday, which was last night as of the time of us recording. And Taylor was nominated for six Grammys. And there have been so many hints that reputation, Taylor's version, was coming. I'll be honest, <sighs> me and Olivia were wrong. We were out loud wrong because we assumed that Taylor was going to try to get through her other re-recordings before dropping mm-hmm. TS-11. Because it's the eras tour. What's she going to do? Add another era? Yes. I was all in on our theory, too. I was all in on Reputation, Taylor's version, just like the rest of us, let's be real. And I don't know, it just made it even more special because she was able to shock us. Like, we knew something was coming, but she misled us. For those of you who didn't watch, I'm sure everybody knows at this point, but just to fill everyone in, Taylor Swift at the Grammys, after accepting award for a pop vocal album, she announced that her newest album, Tortured Poets Department, was coming out on April 19th. I feel like the first moment where I knew that something was off and it might not be rep was when she showed up on the red carpet, which I still have beef with her stylist. I <laughs> still, I, I cannot get past the hair. It's unforgivable to me. The, the six layered necklaces, I was like, oh, rep Easter egg. And it wasn't. So I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> There's so much potential for her to be old Hollywood glam. And they kind of halfway did old Hollywood glam and halfway did modern punk rock. I didn't love it. But all that to say, that didn't look reputation to me. And it sure as hell didn't look midnight see to me so i had this moment of is something new coming hmm no i'm in on our theory that nothing new is coming until next year and boy oh boy was i wrong that's classic like shift of an era vibe of it doesn't feel right but i can't 
put my finger on it. Somebody pointed out that the Midnight's era began with her announcing it at an award show. And it ended with her announcing a new album at an award show. It does Mm -hmm. feel very poetic, no pun intended. And and it, it does feel like she's ready to spill some tea. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I think this album is. The tortured poets department and she's the quote chairman. What do you think about the theory that her being the chairman of the tortured poets department means that it's going to be a fully collaborative album? That's an interesting theory. I honestly haven't given it much thought. I've seen a lot of people talking about how her saying that she was the chairman must mean that there's a bunch of people on it. And maybe that's how she gets away with it. Not having its own section on the Eros tour is it's all collaborative and that people who change their icons like Kelsey Ballerini or maybe time i don't know if they did but these people are collaborating on it and that's why she's the chairman and you know i don't think it's a bad theory but i'm going to take this moment to say something that me and olivia had kind of talked about yesterday with my roommate rebecca again most said phrase in this podcast my roommate rebecca (laughs) the theories with taylor swift fans oftentimes come off as somebody just wanting to be the first one to be right i don't think that or someone wanting to find the the first easter egg and crack it i don't want to think that hard about it if it's a fully collaborative album we'll know in time but if i get my hopes up that it is or my hopes up that it's not either way i'm disappointed so i'm just gonna let that be what it is and for those of you who maybe don't know where are we getting taylor swift calling herself the chairman of the tortured poets department so when she announced this album when she was winning best pop vocal album it was also her 13th grammy but she posted the cover which is gorgeous and a little teaser question mark it says and so i enter into evidence my tarnished coat of arms, my muses acquired like bruises, my talismans and charms, the tick, tick, tick of love bombs, my veins of pitch black ink, all's fair in love and poetry. Sincerely, the chairman of the tortured poets department. I have hopes for this album that I'm trying to put to bed because again, I don't want to be disappointed either way. But I love the song Ivy and I love that it's poetry. And I love reading that foreword and being like, this feels like Ivy-esque poetry, very quill pen. And I Mm -hmm. want more of that. But also Jack Antonoff is the rumored producer and he loves his synth. And I worry because she's been doing the same stuff with Jack Antonoff for 10 years. I don't want this to be a backtrack. I don't want this to feel like something she could have put out five years ago, like delicate with its synthness. Or maybe, dear reader E, if I can have Ivy style lyrics with pop synth handwriting, like that's okay. But I just. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm really, really worried that it's going to be something that feels dated. Yeah, I'm nervous too, just because my brain can never conceptualize new Taylor Swift music. Prior to Midnight's, like we have episodes that came up before Midnight's, where I, I probably said this exact same thing, exact same wording of, I just can't think of what new Taylor Swift sounds like. I can think about what Reputation Vault Tracks might sound like because I have a little bit of a baseboard there. Here, it's new. And I don't know, the vibe that I get from this forward specifically is that I have hopes that the Tortured Poets Department gives us what I wanted from Midnight's with the teaser because when Midnight's was teased, it gave the vibe of this is a concept album 
of sleepless nights throughout my life. We wake in sorrow and heartbreak and <laughs> love. And it sounded so moody. And then it was, best believe I'm still bejeweled when I walk <laughs> in the room. <laughs> Which I, I love midnight. But it wasn't the vibe that her teasers kind of gave off to me. So I'm a little nervous and hesitant about this. But I'm hoping it gives me that sad girl, tortured poet vibe that we should have had with Midnight's, in my opinion. I feel like Midnight's was kind of an enigma because she directed us down two separate paths and it feels like it's two separate albums between the 3am edition and the standard edition and one of those was that moody head in her hand photo when she looks like she's crying and her hand is on her face and she's got the blue eyeshadow that's one and that feels kind of like the 3am tracks and then you have the standard edition which is the bejeweled bracelet vibe it's the outfit that she wore to the vmas to announce it where she's covered in gems it's just two totally different vibes that she was given off. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I didn't think she was going to win album of the year because it's sonically all over the place, which is exactly why Red supposedly did not win album of the year Mm -hmm. 10 years ago. I've got my own issues with Midnight's, although I also love it and think it does embody some of her best songwriting. But a lot of the songs on there do feel like a backslide. And I stand by that. I I love Jack Antonoff. I have tickets to see his show with Bleachers in a few months. I think he's great. I want him to push himself more and also to push her. Out of the Woods was crazy because it was experimental Mm -hmm. for them both. And now when I hear collaborations with Jack, they feel very played out. Oh, we've done this before. And my hopes for this album are that I don't feel that way while listening to it. Even if I still love Taylor Swift's music. And I'm going to say something else before people come at me and say, there's never this expectation for men there is from me i have been critical of male artists in the past where i feel like there is no growth or backsliding on albums i've criticized ed sheeran for it i have criticized maroon 5 for it maybe not on the podcast but i i've criticized people for it. i i don't think that harry's house is the best of harry's three albums either and it won him album of the year last year so mm-hmm. i will criticize men equally when i feel like they're not actively pushing their limits And especially with an artist like Taylor Swift, who has successfully experimented in so many different sounds. For me, that's kind of the joy of being a Swifty is she introduces me to genres of music that I don't know if I would have ever naturally listened to on my own. I want her to continue to do that. Of course, as long as it makes her happy. But like, it's one of my favorite things in anticipation of Taylor Swift albums is waiting to see what she slides her talents into next because she has the ability. And she has the backing. A lot of the reason that I feel like artists aren't as experimental is it could literally tank their career. But considering that Tortured Poets Department is already the fastest selling album in the United States in history, I think maybe in the world in history, already. It's been a day. It's been a day. And it's already there. She could put out anything and she knows it's going to sell. So she's got this very unique ability to kind of direct the music scene into where it's going to go. Because no matter what she puts out, it will sell. So my hope for her is that she will continue to innovate because she likes doing it. And it's beneficial for other artists. Mm -hmm. She could highlight a genre that isn't quite mainstream, but has artists that deserve it. Maybe this will be a collaborative album and she'll get the opportunity to do that. I told Olivia earlier, I don't think it's going to go this direction, but right now, folk country pop is kind of having a minute. 
When you think about Dial Drunk by Noah Kahn, that's a great song. That embodies it. There's some Tyler Childers songs that do that, where it's like, is that country? Not really. Is it folk? Kinda. She could go that direction. It's having a moment. I don't think she's going to, but I would love it if she did something like that, where she got out of her comfort zone mm-hmm. for the help of herself and others, or to the I benefit love, of like, Yeah. I would love like a soft rock something. I do have really high expectations for tortured poets. I'm probably going to nickname it that until, you know, we collectively as a fandom decide what to call it because I can't keep saying the tortured poets department because I have to think too hard to make sure I don't say society or something. (laughs) Yeah, I want to say dead poet society so bad. (laughs) It's the tortured poets. I don't know. (laughs) The, The concept is really, really, really intriguing to me. If we don't get the sound that we want, I'm hoping we get the deep cut emotional lyrics that we want. Exactly. I'm going to say something that I said on our TikTok and Ariel, Ariel, maybe I can't remember how to pronounce your name, my sweet, but you commented on this TikTok and you said, she literally says this in the pod all the time. Just listen. And I'm like, I do, but I'm going to say it again. Taylor Swift's relationships aren't that important. Who she's dated doesn't really matter, but Mm -hmm. She wants us to feel like her friend. Parasocial relationships help her brand. And also, she likes them too. They benefit her personally. She feels literal emotional support. And she's said that before. So I'm saying this because if this album is her spilling tea about what happened with Joe Alwyn, A, it brings all of you one step closer to the muses Joe Alwyn, which will be like a six-part series, right? Literally. So so it brings y'all one step closer to that. But it also (laughs) allows us to better understand what happened to our girl and what she's gone through and better apply it to our own lives. I want her to spill the tea. I'm not saying I want her to drag him through the mud unless he deserves it. In which case, drag him. Yeah, and it's not like we want her to spill the tea because all we care about is the juicy gossip. We want to know the tea in the same way that you would want to know what happened in a breakup with one of your friends. And we are very aware that our relationship with Taylor is one-sided. She likely doesn't know who we are. And if she has heard of Taylor learning, she still doesn't know us. She doesn't have that relationship back with us. And we're very aware of that. But we can't deny the feelings of the parasocial relationship and wanting the best for her that we haven't ever met her. Exactly. Understanding Taylor Swift's personal life, unfortunately, is kind of integral to understanding her music. And you can enjoy her music without knowing anything about her personal life for a long time. That was me, honestly. Same. But I, I do think it enhances the listener experience in the same way if your friend is breaking up with a guy and you know nothing about it. If she's like, yeah, he sucks. And you're like, yeah, he totally sucks. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're there to be supportive. But if you know everything about their relationship and she goes, yeah, he sucks. You're like, he does suck. Remember that time that blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not important to enjoy the story, but I do think it helps. And part of Taylor Swift's brand this entire time is that she's pretty open about what happens to her personally, which is not normal for famous people. Yeah. People say all the time that if you're the kind of Swifty that you get excited to hear about the drama, hearing that like Taylor and Joe broke up, for example, or anything like that, that you're not a good person. But I get excited when I hear tea from my friends in real life. It doesn't mean I'm excited that they went through shit. But wow, I love to hear the story, especially when you tell it in a good way. (laughs) 
right? That's not wrong. So my hope is that we get some of that tea and some of that insight on Tortured Poets, that we can really connect with her through this music on a deeper level, especially since we all want to know what happened. How does a six-year relationship that we thought was going so well end? Now, I say we thought was going so well. We can kind of look back on some of her music and be like, oh, man, the hints were there. But But she hit it well enough that we didn't catch them. Exactly. As with a lot of things, hindsight's twenty twenty. We can catch mm-hmm. the problems when we're looking back on it. But in the moment, rose-colored glasses are crazy, babe. Absolutely. So she won that pop vocal album. She announced Tortured Poets Department. I keep wanting to say society, damn it. Tortured Poets. Tortured Poets (laughs) leaves the stage and says, I'm going to go post the cover, whatever. Later in the night, the biggest award happens, and it's for Album of the Year. And Celine Dion comes out and announces it and says, Taylor Swift. And the camera pans to her, and by God, she did not think she was going to win this award. No, and I think we knew this before this even happened, when she announced her brand new album, when she was winning Best Pop Vocal, not Album of the Year. I think she saw that as her only chance to have the mic at the Grammys. Yeah, this proves that they're not tipped off beforehand because she would have saved that for the end of the night. And then the rest of the show, people are like, wow, that was a really big moment by Taylor kind of, you know, leading off the show with something crazy. Not really Mm -hmm. leading. It was like 40 minutes in or whatever, or I guess an hour 40 in. doesn't matter. We were in the show, but we weren't towards the end, right? I just, I want to say how pivotal that moment was for Taylor, for her being the only album of the year winner for four times over. But also, I had this deeply rooted fear that I've kind of hinted at on the podcast before about how she won album of the year, we would begin getting negative vibes. And that's happened. And I want to take this moment to kind of dispel some negative talk about Taylor, not in a culty way, not in a she is our overlord and we have to defend her type way. But there are just some things. Amen. Amen. There are just some things that I think are worth talking about because people ask us about them. And the first of which is about overexposure. I've seen a lot of people say, well, Taylor didn't deserve that record. SOS by SZA or Boy Genius or Guts. Yeah, I get it. All of those were great albums. Everyone deserves it. Everyone deserves it. There's only one, though. Yeah, she had competition, but she didn't entice fans to vote. The Academy picks, babe. Mm -hmm. They chose Midnight's. Yeah, the Grammys are not a popular vote award it's not the vmas where if the fandom is big enough they'll sweep and olivia you said something earlier about how part of what impacts the album isn't just how good the album is it's about this social impact of the Mm -hmm. album and that doesn't mean that a really great album won't win even if it has very little social impact like john batiste's album a couple years ago that can still happen great album didn't have a big social impact but still won it's a factor but it's not the overwhelming factor but the academy Mm -hmm. picks it she didn't pick it her fans didn't pick it and you can tell in the moment that her name was announced for album of the year when she literally created a historic moment because no one has ever won this prestigious award four times in history only three and she was among three other people having won it three times but you can tell when her name was announced that she did not think she was going to get that award the look of shock on her face wasn't like her cutesy shocked face it was genuine did i hear that right olivia olivia taylor Taylor just posted (laughs) taylor she posted a photo of herself and it says i love you it's ruining my life 
She posted all the song titles. She posted all the song titles. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. <gasps> it's because it's oh because my god, I saw this. It leaked. It I leaked. saw this. It's because it leaked. <gasps> I I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. <gasps> Can we go back and forth and read it out loud for the class? Oh my god. Oh my god. You guys are getting like a, a, a live reaction of this happening. Forget everything we said early in the episode of what if it's an all collab album? Mm. Okay, you go first. Let's go. Fortnite featuring Post Malone. What the fuck? <clears throat> the tortured poets department. My boy only breaks his favorite toys. Down bad. So long, London. <sighs> I hate this one. I hate that this one landed on me. But daddy, I love him. Fresh out the slammer. Florida! Three exclamation points. <laughs> Featuring Florence and the Machine. Guilty as sin? Question mark. Who's afraid of little old me? I feel sick. Ugh. That's not the that's not the title. Okay, stop. <laughs> I can fix him. Parentheses. No, really, I can. L O M L, which means love of my life. I can do it with a broken heart. The smallest man who ever lived. The alchemy. Clara Bow. And the bonus track, the manuscript. This is the Joti. Absolutely, the ones, the ones. Okay, the ones that I am dying to hear. My boy only breaks his favorite toys. So long, London. But daddy, I love him. Sad. I can fix him. No, really, I can. A song with Post Malone? (laughs) What is going on? Okay, but daddy, I love him is so giving, like, run, Joey, run. What's track five? (gasps) So long, London. Uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. I can't believe we're recording right now. <laughs> Forget everything we said or I'm not editing it out. I don't give a shit. Forget everything we no, said earlier. They had to go on this journey with us. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, this totally is because oh it leaked earlier. This is totally because yeah. it leaked earlier. So she decided oh to just god. get ahead of it. That's crazy because one of my other friends sent me that leaked list and I was like I honestly am skeptical. She wouldn't like name tracks so on the nose like that. And then this bitch did. I can fix him. No, really, I can. <laughs> you know what it's giving to me? Renegade. Yeah. Of course I can. Is okay. Is it insensitive for me to say get your shit together so that I can love you? That's what this is giving. Our boy Joe. Likely had some fucking demons and she loved him through it and it didn't end up working is the vibe I'm getting. I'm freaking out. I just sent it to our group chat like literally right now. I I can't believe we caught this on audio. I cannot believe. I can't believe either. Oh my God. I need to update my friend that sent me the who I was an asshole to. Sorry, Emily. I love you. Holy shit. Okay. Do we need to pick out what we think is going to be our favorite for funsies or do we want to make a whole new episode? We should have its own episode, right? That, this deserves its own episode, but you guys got to see this live in action. That's crazy. <gasps> wow. So it's not a collaborative album all the way, but Florence the Machine plus Post Malone is crazy. This album's going to hurt. This is, this is the Joe Allman heartbreak. This is it. This is the one so long. <laughs> Do you think maybe she is pushing this one to come out so quickly so she can close the chapter in her life and enter the swelsey love era? I mean, maybe. Apparently, Travis has 
heard some of the new album and said it was, quote, unbelievable. (laughs) Our profound boy. (laughs) The the tortured poet in question. (laughs) Unbelievable. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what? This is the first time, I guess, Lover had a track as its namesake, but I feel like she's kind of steered away. And I guess Evermore too, but it feels like to me, she's kind of steered away from like giving names to her albums that isn't a track list. And I wasn't expecting the Tortured Poets department to be a track. You know, I think that she names it, that she names her albums, whatever encompasses the album. And that's Mm -hmm. always held true. And using Red as an example, Red is a song, but also the entire album is about what the song Red is about. Loving Him was Red. And a red type of love was wrong. Lover, the song was about love in all its forms, as she put it, including an anxious love and family love and romantic love. And that's Lover. And Reputation, even though there wasn't a song called Reputation, the album was about her reputation, private and public. So I think it's more about what encompasses the album. So we'll know more once the album comes out. But I think it could be a track title if the track itself or if the track title itself does accurately portray the soul of the album. Oh my God, I'm so intrigued. I cannot believe this happened while we were recording. (laughs) Anyway, so some other things that just come come back here, bring it back (laughs) with us. Some other things that I just wanted to spell right now. There were stories of Taylor Swift snubbing Celine Dion and not giving her the time of day. Another camera angle shows very clearly Celine Dion saying you're welcome to Taylor. Taylor did acknowledge her. We just didn't see it on camera. And they hugged backstage. There's no bad blood. Celine has stiff person syndrome. They were probably instructed to not touch her without her express permission. And on stage at the Grammys while accepting your award is a weird place to ask permission to hug someone. I don't blame Taylor for not until they got backstage. And especially in the commotion that was that win for Taylor. Like I was saying before, we got so pleasantly interrupted by Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) You could tell the look on her face was like pure shock and not shock in the cutesy way, but shocked of like, what? Did I hear that right? And she was tip. See, because she didn't think she was winning this award. She let herself let loose. And the way that she kind of like stumbled up to the stage and could barely get her thoughts together to start her speech, like was really self-conscious that she was standing by herself and made one of her, like made Jack come up, stand next to her. The whole thing was chaos because she didn't have a speech planned. The speech she had planned, she already used earlier in that night. She didn't have another one ready to go. And Sober Taylor is much more quick on her feet. (laughs) Exactly. There was no way that she was expecting that award because she is the only person ever to win Album of the Year four times. And that has negative ramifications because as I suspected, a lot of people are saying it's just because she had a good year, blah, blah, blah. But as we said, That was the Academy's decision. Be mad at them. Another thing people are pissy about is Taylor bringing Lana on stage when Ocean Boulevard was nominated and didn't win. And Lana looked very uncomfortable. But I think that what Taylor did had no malice. It was Lana Mm -hmm. was on the album with her and wrote a song. Collaborated, yeah. They collaborated. She was part of the album. And Lana Del Rey kind of is known for being blacklisted by the Academy for her past, which we're not a Lana podcast, so we're not going to dive into that. You can search it yourself. 
But Taylor was going to bring her up no matter what because Lana was on there with her. And she gave her a shout out for paving the way for a lot of female artists, especially the moodier ones. And that that's kind of had a minute. I don't think there was any malice in what Taylor did. I think it was genuinely her trying to be a friend. And she is being accused of being a mean girl and rubbing her award and Lana's face on stage. I agree. It didn't come across to me that there was any malice. Like, if anything, like, Taylor in the moment wasn't thinking about Lana's feelings of losing album of the year. But, like, that didn't come from a bad place either. I think she was shell-shocked, caught off guard, and that was her way of trying to comfort a friend. Yeah, it comes off as her trying to have her share in that joy. And yeah, Lana has total right to be upset about losing the award. That's obviously sad, but she shares in that award with Taylor. She shares in that album of the year for collaborating with her. And also, they're friends. So I don't see it as her being mean girl at all. Yeah. Another thing I've seen is the MCUification of Taylor Swift music. And by that, I mean Marvel gets a lot of shit because they saturated the market too much with content a couple years ago. And now people who are longtime Marvel fans like me, I read comics as a kid and I really, really liked Marvel. And then they really oversaturated the market and I haven't really kept up. People are saying that about Taylor Swift's music. She's putting out too much. She's doing too much. And she's oversaturating the market. My counterpoint, however, is that with Marvel, you have to watch one project to understand the other. You don't need to listen to Reputation to understand Lover. Now, if you want additional context to make the music better, quote unquote, that's why Tay Learning is here. And that's why there are so many TikTok accounts breaking down Taylor Swift lore. But you don't need it. It's just art. God forbid the woman do her job. Yeah. And on top of that, Taylor has said several years ago, can't believe Red TV was several years ago. Anyway, during the Red TV era that she found that she's happiest when she's making things. You know, as fans, I think we should be happy for her that she's happy making things, even if it does oversaturate in the mainstream media and people that, you know, aren't there for the long run, get tired of her. She still has us. Yeah, and she still wants to create, and there's nothing wrong with her putting stuff out. If the quality weakens, sure, whatever, but there's no evidence that the quality is weakening. Yeah, we don't know that yet. And I don't anticipate it. I think she just likes to write. She's Alexander Hamilton. Why do you write like you're running out of time? We will know in two months. Almost. Almost two months, which... One more thing to like dispel, and then we'll talk about the just the craziness of the date that she decided to drop it. Another thing mm-hmm. I've seen is Taylor throughout every single speech, throughout every single performance, she was on her feet clapping and cheering. And a lot of people have said, oh, she wants the attention on her. I don't see it that way. I see a girl who in 2009 won an award and got the microphone taken away from her by Kanye West, who was revered and felt really, really embarrassed and like she was being booed and like it was shameful. And now she wants to support every single artist. And last year, Harry Styles won album of the year for Harry's house. And you heard Beyonce should have won from the audience. And whether that's true or not isn't the argument. He did win. And she stood up right when that was said to support him, despite him being an ex of hers. She was like one of the few that gave him a standing ovation. She stuck out. She supports other artists, even when they're not the biggest fans of her. We haven't really talked about what happened between her and Olivia Rodrigo, but I don't get the vibe that they're totally chill anymore. But that hasn't stopped Taylor from being supportive. She jumped and mm-hmm. cheered through Vampire and like was moving her hand to the da 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 Like she was in it for Olivia, even if Olivia has frustration at Taylor still. Absolutely. 
she was jumping up and down for SZA during SZA's award so much that SZA went, hi, Taylor. Like she didn't have to acknowledge Taylor, but it was exciting to see Taylor be excited. So people can say, oh, she wanted the attention on her. Well, guess what? The cameras weren't on her. She wasn't getting any attention. She was doing it to boost up whoever was on stage. And I know we sound sycophantic. I know we sound like <laughs> loyal followers that will just support her no matter what. But when there are reasons to criticize Taylor Swift, we do and we have. And nothing yes. that happened last night was reason enough to criticize her. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I totally agree. Piggybacking off of her wanting to support other people, other artists at shows like this, she said before that when she goes to these award shows, she is just awestruck that she's surrounded by so many other talented people and she can't believe that others don't have the same reaction as she does because it's like you're at a concert with all of these other amazing people, front row, and how can you not revel in that? I guess I have one more thing to dispel, and that is that a lot of people hate the title Tortured Poets Department because, and these are direct quotes from people online, from people who say that they're Swifties, it's disingenuous. It's something that a real tortured poet would never say about themselves. What have you? Listen, I understand where y'all are coming from. The title sure is a little millennial and is a little corny, but it's targeted. That's the point. She's trying to target and corner an audience here. She's trying to target the people who were literature majors in college or the people who wrote in their notes app when they were seniors in high school, some really poetic stuff or stuff they thought was poetic and then read it back later and they were embarrassed by it and deleted it. Definitely couldn't have been me. Like that's who she's, that's who she's writing this stuff for. And she's trying to make it very clear that that is the intended audience. And in my opinion, it's a very pretentious sounding title, and I think that is petty in nature, which we'll learn more about as we hear the actual song, but I think it's petty targeted at its subject as well. Yes, there are lots of reasons. We've had many people say, reminder that the ex that this is probably about was in a group chat called the Tortured Man Club. Yeah. But Taylor's a petty queen and she always has been. People can be mad yeah. about it, but she is petty. She's messy. We yeah. love her for it because I'm messy. She keeps her side of the street clean, but she also is messy when she feels like she's been wronged. And I'm eager yeah. to listen to these tracks. You know, we've talked about that, about how with Harry Styles, she never said anything explicitly that bad about him because, you know, he didn't really do her dirty. But she said if she writes a bad song about someone, she doesn't really want to know them anymore. So they did something yeah. bad enough. And bad people, or when people do bad things, they shouldn't get a slide just because a girl wrote a song about you. She's allowed to write about her experiences. Exactly. So April 19th is a very auspicious <laughs> weekend to be having this release where are we going to be, Olivia? We've only talked about this on one episode so far. So for those of you who didn't listen to our episode a couple weeks ago about Taylor Learning University, well, where are we going to be? We're going to be at Harvard. Yes, we are. What are we going to be doing there? We're going to be guest lecturing at Taylor Swift and Her World, the class run by Stephanie Burt on April 22nd. We are so excited and even more excited that this trip to Boston area... Cambridge specifically, but Boston is not only going to be our Harvard lecturer era, but 
we get to listen to the tortured poets department for the first time together because we'll be naturally together already this isn't the first time taylor has done this to me and danny it's not even the second it's not even the third this is the fourth time let's tell the story that Olivia and I were planning to be together. Okay, okay, we'll back it up. We'll back it up. I'll, I'll kick us off. Way, way back, fall of 21, Olivia had just moved to Michigan. Mm-hmm. I, as an event planner, had an event somewhere, and I was planning on flying out to visit Olivia in Michigan. And, you know, I guess we'd listened to Fearless TV together a few months prior, but we lived in the same city, so that wasn't special. But I planned on flying to Michigan to visit Olivia, and Taylor pushed the Red TV release date. For those of you who were around for that, she pushed it a week later, and it happened to be when I was visiting, already organically visiting. And we had our little listening party, and it was great. Yeah, and I remember literally saying to you, Danny, oh, it's a bummer that Red Taylor's version comes out the week before you're here. We could have, like, done a listening party together, and Taylor was like, what? What Was that on the wind? (laughs) Oh, okay, I can do that. (laughs) And she pushed it by a week. Yep. Next, Danny and I are in the bushes outside Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Nashville night one, you know, speak now release day. And we're listening, listening. And she's like, speak now. Taylor's version is coming out. What was it? July 7th? July 7th. And Danny and I were like, wait, wait, we're going to be together. That's the Kansas City weekend. (laughs) Yeah. Olivia was already coming to town for the Kansas City shows. And then, and then. (laughs) I was already talking about going out to Michigan for Halloween because I was like, oh, I can go to this like kind of grown up frat party with Olivia's boyfriend's old frat. Like I'll already go out there for (laughs) Halloween. That sounds great. And then Taylor announces 1989 Taylor's version is coming out on Halloween. And we're like, "Okay, shit. That's great. We were already planning on being together for that weekend. And now... Taylor, if you're listening, hi, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) This is just crazy timing. We're going to go to Boston a little earlier than we planned, so we can be sure to be all set and ready. So hear me out, Boston area Tay listeners. If you know what good record store for us to go to for record store day, I know you probably don't want to give away your secret spot, but if you could just DM us a place that you know would be good, a suburb We won't spread the word. We just might show up and you can hang out with us overnight in line. Exactly, exactly. So Record Store Day is the 20th. So please send us a record store that you recommend in the Boston area. Please, please, and thank you. We do appreciate it. But what are the odds that we're going to be together again, and this time in Boston, about to lecture at Harvard about Taylor Swift? What is our life? I feel like one of the luckiest Swifties in the world. And I haven't even met Taylor. And I feel like one of the luckiest Swifties in the world, the way shit works out for us. Oh, karma is our boyfriend. Karma is a god. Taylor Swift. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) So all of this to say, it was a very, very wild couple of weekends with a lot of PDA with the Chiefs and with Travis Kelsey and the Super Bowls coming up. And things are just crazy in that realm. And then also, I mean, that being her personal realm. And then in the professional realm, she breaks the Grammys album of the year record which is wild. She's, by the way, broken a record every time she's won album of the year. She was the youngest recipient and then the first woman to win twice and then three times and now the only person to do it four times over. So icon status far beyond achieved, right? People can say what they want, but Taylor Swift is an icon. And, you know, it it was a big night last night. I still think her stylist should be fired. I stand by that. (laughs) But it, it was a good night for Taylor. 
I worry about the overexposure. I worry about how many people are making up reasons to hate her. This happened a few years ago, and it's just what happens when women get successful. But you know what? If that makes Eras Tour ticket prices drop, then so be it. There are reasons to criticize yeah. Taylor, but nothing that happened last night was good enough for me, man. Because even if the massive inflated fandom, how it is now, deflates a little bit because we may have some Fairweather fans, it is what it is. Like, I don't expect everyone to be a diehard, like, will lay their life on the line for Taylor. I think that's kind of ridiculous to expect of everyone that calls himself a Swifty, and that's okay. But if people turn away from her, that's heartbreaking. We're still going to be selling out those stadiums. We're still there for her, and I need to just hammer this in for the third time on this episode. We have, and we will, criticize Taylor when she mm -hmm. deserves it. Being yeah. overexposed isn't entirely her fault. So, eh, that's yeah. not, it's not a reason to get mad, in my opinion. There's lots of things to be mad at in this world. This isn't one of them. No, I 100% agree. So we will be doing an episode with our speculations about what we think the album is going to sound like, our guesses. Those are going to come because the last time that we did a guess of a full new album, it was all the way back in season one with Breaking, Meet Me at Midnight. And that's one of our least listened to episodes ever because it dated itself pretty quickly, right? Yeah, really but, fast. <laughs> and at the time we had like 40 listeners a week and now, <laughs> now we can't it's even- more than that. <laughs> it, it's, it's more than that. It's more than 40 listeners a week. So we hear you. We're going to give you more of our thoughts as we get closer. And now we have track titles. So that's crazy. Hopefully nothing else leaks because I know Taylor wants to have control of the narrative and she's earned that. She deserves it. But I can't wait to listen to this album and share in this moment with all of you, Tay listeners. You know, we're in for a ride. I can't wait to see what this new era entails, how it will affect the era's tour and everything. The sunset era of Midnight's R.I.P. Been a long time coming. What did you Tay learn this week? You have a million options. I Tay learned that Taylor Swift actually named a song, but Daddy, I love him. I, this song better be really, really good because I hate that title. I kind of said it earlier, but it's giving Run Joey Run, which is just an awful <laughs> song. Daddy, please don't. It wasn't his fault. It's gonna be in the playlist. Go listen. I this song better be worth the title. You know, it's giving you're on your own kid the way that I felt about that just reading the track title itself. <sighs> to me, at least. What did you, Taylor? There's so many options. I Tay learned that Taylor Swift 100% must be a Tay listener because why else would she be releasing that song on April 19th? Other than, of course, it's like National Cat Lady Day and National Poets Day and also this the start of the, Ameri the Amer American Revolution. <laughs> but like, I'm going to be Delulu and say it's because she listens and knew we were going to be together. Yeah, she does. She has to. The facts the only are thing there. That makes sense. She performed Haunted in Detroit for you. <laughs> yeah, we have evidence. We should do <laughs> We should do an episode like a silly gag episode one time of this is why we know Taylor Swift listens to Taylor. Day. We've had <laughs> some of message. <laughs> message and say Taylor's definitely a Tate listener and I'm like don't say that. Don't say that to me. Don't say that don't, to me. Don't boost my ego like that. Exactly. <laughs> what are we talking about next week? Hi, future Danny here popping in real quick. Olivia was about to say Castle's Crumbling for the remaining Relevant series. That's not true. We're actually going to do a surprise for Valentine's Day. So I cut out what she was going to say and stay tuned for a Valentine's surprise. As we were saying, literally we never know. Especially in the start of a new era, like... 
whenever a new album is coming out, like obviously Minutes was the only brand new album that we covered on this podcast, but we've covered many a Taylor's version. And the month and a half prior is mostly like hype episodes of us being excited, you guys being excited. So it's probably going to turn Tortured Poets content pretty soon. Yeah, that's probably the way it's going to go. Also, speaking of... uh... It's not really speaking of anything. That was a lie. We've had a few of you message about that giveaway that we were hinting at a couple weeks ago at the Harvard announcement. It's coming. The reason that I'm mentioning it right now is the outcome of the Super Bowl will have a big determination on how the giveaway goes. So it's going to happen no matter what. But we have a couple different avenues of where we can go with the giveaway. And depending on if it's a Chiefs victory, depends on what you might get. So be on the lookout. We'll probably announce it next week, tentatively. That's what we're looking at. Fingers crossed. If you're not already following us on Instagram, really make sure you do so, especially with this giveaway coming. That's likely where we're going to announce it. We are at Tay Learning Podcast. We're also on TikTok at Tay Learning Podcast. We're on Twitter slash X, whatever. I don't know. We're like low-key a little bit millennial. I call it Twitter. (laughs) We're Tay Learning (laughs) at Tay Learning. If you want to email us, let us know your thoughts and feelings about this track list because we just found out 20 minutes ago. Email us, taylearningpodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website, taylearningpodcast.com. There is going to be some fun stuff on there. I know we've been kind of leading you along with that, but I swear it's coming. Something really cool is going to be coming on our website soon, and you'll be the first to know if you follow our socials. This has been this week's rendition of... This is a state of Swift. (laughs) So for this state of Swift, my name is Danny. And I'm Olivia. See you later. Bye. I don't know. I just can't believe we caught the track list live. What the fuck? Dude, what the fuck? What I need to look at that again. Did she create a whole new album just to avoid singing London Boy? (laughs) I can fix him. No, really, I can. That's about to be every teen girl's anthem. Thank God that song didn't exist when I was 20, because that would have fucked me up good. I don't even know what it sounds like, but that title would have ruined me. You're going to be a crybaby during this album release. (laughs) Dude, what the fuck? Oh my god. What the fuck?